Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory at StevensCreekChurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here on this beautiful fall uh, Sunday morning. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those in our Grovetown Campus, those in our atrium, and those watching at home and on demand. It's a great day to, to be in church. Now, I'd like to start with something funny. Did you hear about uh, Morris and Esther? Now, Morris and Esther used to love to go to the state fair. And every year when they went to the state fair, it's like they had the same conversation They'd look over at the helicopter and Morris would say, I want to take one of those helicopter rides, Esther. And she would say, Morris, that helicopter ride costs $50. And you know, $50 is $50. Some time went by and they went back to the fair. And Morris looked at Esther and said, Esther, I'm 85 years old. If I don't take that helicopter ride, I, now I don't know if I'll ever do it. And she says, you know, Morris, she said it costs $50, and $50 is $50. About that time, the pilot of the helicopter overheard the conversation. And he said, wait a minute, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take both of you on um, a helicopter ride at no charge, but the only thing you have to do is you have to remain quiet. You cannot say a word. If you say anything, it's going to be $50. So they saddled up into the helicopter. They went on this ride, and that pilot took them on a a doozy of a ride. I mean, up and down, daredevil tricks, everything. And he's uh, starting to land the helicopter. He looks over at Mars. He said, Mars, I'm surprised. I did all the tricks and everything, and I didn't hear a peep out of you. He said, yeah. He said, I was tempted to say something when Esther fell out. (laughs) But you know $50 is $50. (laughs) Well, today we're continuing our series called Be Generous. We live in a world where self-interest and uh, self-focus takes center stage, and in, it's in that world, we are speaking a series on the power of generosity. You know, the most famous verse in all of the Bible speaks about being generous. In John chapter 3, in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. So the big idea for this series is simply this. Every act of generosity can make a big difference in someone's life. Every act of generosity can make a big difference in somebody's life. Now, being generous is not just about giving money. It's about sharing your time, your talents, and your resources. It's not just about pleasing God. It is, but it's about making our community and making our world a better place. In this series, we're taking a deep dive into the story of the Good Samaritan. It's in this story Jesus teaches us the importance of being generous and helping people who are in need. I want to start off by telling the, uh, the story of Alfred Nobel. Alfred is, was responsible for making dynamite. 
And even though dynamite is, um, is a synonym for destruction in our day, his original attempt, intent was to save lives. And Nobel wanted to create something so powerful that people would recoil from the, the thought of ever using it. And he thought that just maybe he would, be, he would create an atmosphere of peace with this product. Well, one day his life changed. His life changed in 1888 when he picked up his newspaper. He picked up the newspaper, and in the newspaper he saw his own obituary written. Now, what had happened is his brother had passed away. But the newspaper editor thought it was him that passed away. So he, he wrote an obit about the merchant of death, called in a Nobel the merchant of death. And so Albert came face to face with the reality of how people will remember him after uh, he's gone. And so he decided at that moment to change the narrative. He decided to, refro- uh, to refocus the remaining of his time and to start helping and doing good around the world. And what he did, did was he left 90% of all of his uh, wealth uh, to establish the Nobel Peace Prize. And he uh, said that this prize is to be given every year said to those who during the preceding year have conferred the greatest benefit to mankind. And so shortly after his death, the, person, uh, the Nobel Prizes started to be given. Now, let me ask you a question. What if, what if tomorrow you would open up the paper or go online and see it and your obituary was in it? What do you think it would say about you? I think all of us, we, we think about that day and we want to put it to the side. But there's something in all of us that says we want to be remembered as a good person. We want to be remembered as a godly person. We want to be remembered as a generous person. Today we're continuing our series called Be Generous. And this series is faced, uh, focuses on one of the most famous uh, stories in all of the Bible. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Most of us think about this story when we see somebody broken down on the side of the road and then we see somebody stop and help them and we say, oh, that's a Good Samaritan. Well, the Good Samaritan is remembered for his compassion and the Good Samaritan is remembered for his generosity. He helped a stranger that was laying on the side of the road half dead. This story is in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 35. We started it two weeks ago when Jesus was having this conversation with a lawyer. And a lawyer asked him the question, how do I inherit eternal life? Now, in those days, those words actually meant, you know, how do I live in the center of God's will now? And Jesus answered that, by, that question by saying, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then Jesus says, and I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. So that lawyer asked Jesus the question, well, okay, Who is my neighbor? 
And the reason he asked that question, because in those days, there were some questions about who really is a neighbor. In the Jewish mind, their neighbors were only other Jews, people who thought like them, looked like them, dressed like them, and so forth. But to answer that question, who is my neighbor, Jesus tells this story. Jesus tells this story. The story of a traveler that was going down this particular road and he gets attacked and beaten by thieves. And last week we talked about the first two people that passed by this man who was wounded and laying by the, on the side of the road, as the Bible said, half dead. And we talked about two people who missed their opportunity to do something good. We talked about two people who missed an opportunity to give a helping hand. It was the priest, and then it was the Levite. Well, today, we're going to focus on the third person. The third person that's going down that Jericho road. And Jesus called this man a Samaritan. And this Samaritan got off of his donkey to help a stranger out. So we pick it up in Luke chapter 10, verses 33 through 35. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. This Samaritan went and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, Jesus started with the Samaritan's heart. There was a prompting on the inside of this guy as he's riding uh, down toward Jericho. He saw this man laying on the side of the road, half dead, and there was a prompting. And he had this thought, somebody needs to do something. That man's in trouble. Somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to help. Typically, when you walk into a situation and you see and you say this to yourself, you know what? Somebody needs to do something about this. That is God's way of prompting you to do something about it. And many of you have been there. Maybe you've walked into a situation at work and you see this problem at work and you, your first thoughts was, Man, somebody needs to do something about this. Or maybe it's a, a problem here at the church or maybe it's a problem in the neighborhood and you just had this feeling, somebody needs to do something. Could it be that that somebody is you? Could it be that is God's way of prompting you to get involved in that situation? Could it be that that is God's way of prompting you to roll up your sleeves and help out? So that good Samaritan did what he could do. He used what he had to help this stranger out. Now, we don't uh, know all what he did, but the Bible says he bound up his wounds He probably didn't have a first aid kit. He probably didn't, he was probably not medically trained to help, but probably tore his own clothes and he bandaged up his his wounds. Um, I think that even though this guy didn't have medical training and didn't have a first aid kit, that the good Samaritan did the best that he could do with what he had. He did the best that he could do with what he had. That's a message to all of us. So many times, 
I don't get involved with things uh, because maybe I don't notice it, but, or when I do notice it, I get it. I make it too complicated. I think, well, this person needs a lot more help than I am. That is above my pay grade. And I often can talk myself out of getting involved because I see the need and I think, well, I'm not qualified. Maybe at that moment, you and I could learn to just do the best that you can do with what you have. Just do what you can do. He, he took and he bound up the, the man's wounds and then he put him on his own uh, donkey and he took him down to an inn and took care of him. I would imagine that as he cared for him during the night, that he probably slept with one eye uh, closed and one eye open, that every time he'd hear that man groan, every time he'd groan, he would, he would just move to see what he could do to help. I would imagine that he probably groaned throughout the night. And there were moments where that Samaritan wondered if the man would make it. Verse 35, the next day he took two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper. He said, I want you to look after him and when I return, I'll re- reimburse you for any extra expenses that you have. Now, notice that it says two denarii. In those days, a denarii was a day's wages. So if that were today, let's say that a person is making $15 an hour. And so to cover that over two days, uh, the, the Samaritan is giving this innkeeper probably around 200 to $250 to take care of him. And then he said, look, I'm going to come back to check on him. And if he's incurred any other expenses, I'll be good for it. Just take good care of him. So I would imagine that no doubt that this Samaritan had traveled this road many times before, and more than likely he had stayed at this hotel before. And so he was saying, I want you to take care of it. And you know me, I'll be good for the money. You'll know me. I will take care of this. What was interesting here is not only did the Samaritan help, but I believe that Samaritan went above and beyond. He said, you know, after the two days, I will still help. And what he did at that moment was he took his influence, he took his talent, he took his abilities and his resources to really help this person out. Here's the point. I think God wants us to use our resources to help people. It's as simple as that. God wants us to use our resources to help others. We've all been blessed. In fact, I believe you have been born to be blessed. You have been born to be blessed, but also you have been born to be blessed so that you can be a blessing to other people. We've been created to make a difference. We've been created to contribute. That's the message of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. It says, for we are God's workmanship. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared in advance. He has given us an opportunity to make a difference. We're all meant to give something back. We're all meant to make a contribution. And Jesus is telling us to be sensitive and to do what you can do. You do what you can do. You do the possible. 
Let God do the impossible. But here's what another lesson we've learned in the story. Helping people will cost you something. Helping people will cost you something. Think about this guy getting off his donkey. When he saw this person in need, he stopped. So it cost him his time. It cost him his convenience. He probably had to get his hands dirty. It cost him his money. And then he spent more and more time spending the night, nursing the guy through the night, helping him out. When it was all said and done, this Samaritan invested some serious sacrifice, significant sacrifice to help this hurt person. I'm sure, just like all of us, I'm sure he asked himself the question, what am I getting myself into? Man, this is a lot more than I ever planned on doing. But yet he dove in and he saw it through. Not uh, When we look at this, never once in this story does anybody go to that good Samaritan and say, you know what, thank you. You did such a noble thing. You did such a good thing. Nobody, we don't see where they thanked him. That We didn't see where he received a commendation or, or said, man, you're awesome uh, uh, for helping this stranger. But what we do see is the sacrifice he made. Helping other people will cost you something, but it's worth it. Because I believe what you will get in return uh, is worth it all. Because there's a sense of of self-worth. There's a sense of honor. There's a sense of being part of something that's bigger than yourself. There's a sense of good when you help other people. Now, let's just be practical. So let's talk about what does it cost us? If we're going to help somebody else, what will it cost us? The same thing that it costs the Good Samaritan. It'll cost three things. First of all, it'll cost you your time. And then realize the most important resource that you have is your time. You only have 24 hours in a day. And so you, this is precious. It's like the dollar in your wallet, okay? That money in your wallet, you can do three things with it. Uh, uh, you can spend your life, you can spend it, or you can waste it, or you can invest it. And so when we think about our time, we can spend it, we can spend our time, we can waste it, or we can invest it in making a difference. Here's the, the point. Time is a limited resource. Time is a limited resource. You can waste it or invest it. The Good Samaritan gave us time. Here at Stevens Creek Church, we have hundreds of volunteers who give their time on a regular basis. They roll up their sleeves and and they make the ministries of Stevens Creek work. I'm saying hundreds of you. We are a volunteer intensive organization. We are only as as effective as our volunteers. They're so important. Here's just a little snapshot. Do you realize it takes 350 volunteers uh, to run our Dream Center in, in South Augusta? 350. That's a lot of people who are saying, look, I will help the under-resourced of this community because I know that people matter. 
I think about this. It takes over 100 volunteers just to do our kids' ministry on a normal Sunday morning. 100 volunteers. And that's just from fifth grade down. I'm not talking about the middle school and high school um, ministries midweek. And so when you look across this church, you've got to understand it's all of us working together, whether you're serving in youth ministry or maybe you're serving on a data team or production or you're serving as a greeter or first impressions or you're leading a small group. There are hundreds and hundreds of people on a regular basis that said, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm going to give my time so that other people can hear the message of Jesus Christ and have an experience with with the Lord. It is so important, but it costs you something. It costs you your time. Not only does God want you to invest your time, but he also wants you to invest your talents. You know, anytime you use your talents and your abilities, your background or your experiences to help somebody else out, that is called ministering. You are a minister. And I know some of you hear that and say, oh, no, no, don't put that label on me. I am definitely not a minister. But you are. You are a minister. The Bible In the Bible, the word service and the word ministry are the same word. In the Bible, the word servant and the word minister come from the same word. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Every Christian is a minister. And any time that you use your talents and your abilities to help somebody out, you are ministering. You're serving. And I believe when you, when you serve, you're discovering your purpose. So here's the point. God's gift to you is your talent. God has given you this talent. God's gift to, uh, to you is your talent. Your gift to God, your gift to him is how you use it. God's gift to you is your talent, but your gift back to him is going to be how you use it. And you're gifted. You're gifted in specific ways. And you've been given these gifts and these abilities to build the kingdom of God. God has placed inside of you unique talents and experiences and abilities. And he wants you to use your experiences to help other people out. Because you literally are the hands of Jesus in this community. When you're stopping to help somebody out, you're literally the hands of Jesus. You're doing the work that Jesus, when you're bending down, you're helping somebody, you're doing the work of Jesus. When you're speaking life over someone, when you're speaking peace into a conflict, maybe at work, maybe at school, it is as if you're speaking the words of Jesus into that situation. You are ministering in that situation So God has given you these talents. And some of you have been uh, given a talent to to create wealth. And you're good with your hands and you put that talent with your hands together and you make money from that and you use that to further God's cause. Some of you have been given a a talent uh, to be a great salesperson. 
and you use your talents to communicate, to market, and to persuade. And as a result of that, you make money, and then you use that money to extend God's uh, kingdom and God's love in this community. God has given uh, you the ability to make a difference in a number of ways. The good Samaritan used his resources to help this person. Here's the third thing. If you, if you want to see what's important to you, check your bank statement. This is about not your talents, but your treasure. If you really want to see what's important, look at your bank statement, and you'll start to see what's important in your life. Is all of your money spent just on yourself, or do you see um, a pattern of investing in other people or in investing the, in the Lord's work? The Bible teaches us to return the tithe to the Lord's work. But in addition to the tithe, we're to give offerings along the way, offerings or alms to help people. At certain times, the Lord may prompt you and say, you know what, this family over here needs help. Why don't you do something about that? Why don't you buy groceries or why don't you do this to help someone along the way? Here's an example of how this works. Pastor Drew and uh, Sasha, um, for the last 70-plus days, Drew and Sasha have lived in two places. They lived at their house with their two kids, and then they lived at the NICU at Augusta University with their newborn son, Micah. Now, Micah was born at 27 weeks. And when you are living in two different places like that, it is stressful. It is tough. They've been troopers, and they've been all in. Last week after one of the services, I was talking to one of the medical leaders uh, over um, Micah's care. And, and he came to me and said, he said Pastor Marty said, you need, to, you need to give Drew time off because they need a break. He said, will you do that? I said, of course I'll do that. So, Drew, I'm selling you this in front of this congregation Take time off. Take time off, okay? That means a lot um, um, because you need to take time off, and you've got it. Because the pressure of being in that is tough. And it was interesting, as that was happening... um, Somebody, an anonymous person, I don't know who this is, dropped an envelope off on my desk, and uh, I could tell it had money in it, and it said, give this to Drew. So somebody was being prompted in this service. Now, I don't know if that's enough money to take you on a trip, um, but maybe somebody else will be prompted to make sure it is, okay? (laughs) But I thought, that's what it's about. It's about somebody being prompted. There's a need that I can help with. There's a need. And you're going to go through this week and possibly you'll run into somebody and there's a need that you can help with because you've been given this talent or this ability, this spiritual gift. And and sometimes it's the gift of giving and other times it may be the gift of prayer. And Drew would tell you that, that... Um, Micah's made great progress, but he still needs your prayers. He is still fighting through this. 
Another student in our ministry needs your prayer too, Allison Lilly. Many of you know her story from her Facebook, Allison's Race. Allison was in a terrible car wreck coming uh, from um, track practice at Greenbrier High School several weeks ago. And she suffered a brain injury. And she went to Augusta University, the trauma center there, and was there several days in a coma. And the family would say, do you keep praying? And we have prayed and prayed. And she has come to, and she's talking some and walking some, but she's been transferred to the spine center at Shepherd in Atlanta. And so uh, she's one of us. And so as you go through your week, I want you to invest some time to help somebody else out. Invest some time praying uh, for Allison Lilly. And I believe that we're going to see her make a recovery in this. Sometimes God prompts you to get involved in a situation that you may not normally be involved in. God prompts you to take a step. And sometimes he will call you to go above and beyond your comfort level. But that's where you enter into this and say, God, I'll do what I can do. But you've got to come in and you've got to do what I cannot do. And my point in all of this is I want you to be open to opportunities that God gives you to serve other people. I want you to be open to the opportunities that God gives you to serve other people. Now, as I said last week, this series is not about making you feel bad. Uh, this series is not about you being uh, feeling guilt over Uh, activity or not. This is all about opening your eyes just so that you would notice, that you would notice what's going on around you. Well, sometimes we can just, we can get lost in, um, in our own world that we miss opportunities. Now, almost every day that I drive home, I will go, uh, and see people with signs up asking for money, asking for help. And so I do that on occasion. I don't do it every day. But it was several weeks ago, you know, it was a Sunday, and I'm on my way home after preaching three times. And, you know, I have to get home by 3 o'clock because I go to sleep at 3. Um, and some of you remember the story. One day I was, it was 10 minutes till 3, and I thought, okay, you know, I can stop by Costco and get some gas. And while I'm waiting in line for the person in front of me, I fell asleep in the car. And I didn't realize it until I heard somebody banging on my glass. And it was the guy behind me that came banging on my glass and woke me up. And so I pulled up and started um, uh, pumping my gas. I was so embarrassed. And um, he said, man, that must have been some phone call you're on. And I thought, no, I just preached three times. Um, So anyway, I watched my time. But here's where I'm going with that story. That was just a little divergence. Sorry about that, Grovetown. I'll do better. But South gave me some um, grace there. So I am going down the street, uh, uh, going home after preaching three times, and I'm already thinking about the guys with the signs, okay? I'm going down there. And so I get to the first, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm tired. I've already given all I can give. I'm not going to give anything today. I'm going on through the red light, okay? So the red light turns, the traffic light turns red, I'm there trying to stay focused, no eye contact, okay? So I, I get weak. I turn and make eye contact. The guy over there holding the sign has a Stevens Creek hat on. 
So apparently somebody's already been generous. And so today, as you buy merch today, then maybe uh, you'll be giving it to somebody who will rep our brand across the community. And so, of course, roll down the window. Here's the money, because how can you not? How can you not be the pastor of Stevens Creek and, and not help somebody that's wearing the brand? Okay, here's the point. Here's the, where I'm going with all that rambling. It is impossible to serve everyone. It is impossible to serve everyone. I want you to do for one person what you wish you could do for many. This is very important. This is going to remove the guilt and the feelings, I must be a bad person. And I just want you to see that I want you to make a difference in your world, okay? It is impossible to serve everyone. Jesus said it himself. The poor you'll have with you always. So it's impossible to serve everyone, but do for one person what you wish you could do for many. So when you see a need, here's what I want you to ask God. Is this the one? When you see a need, ask the Lord, is this the one? Is this where you want me to invest my time and my talents and my treasures? Is this the one? God will direct you, and I want you to be sensitive to his promptings. Once there were two teenage boys who walked into a a crowded church service, and they could not find a seat. So these two teenage boys turned around to walk out. It was at that moment that an usher grabbed both of them and walked them down to the front center and found two places, two seats for them to sit in. That night, those two boys accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. One of them has written about this story. His name is Billy Graham. Billy Graham went on to lead millions of people to Jesus Christ. Do you think that that usher is going to get any credit for that when he gets to heaven? You better believe it. Because you see, that usher did his part. That usher made a way for those two young men to find a place where they could hear the gospel, where they could respond to the gospel and be saved. It takes all of us doing what we can do. You do the possible. Allow God to do the impossible. You have no idea the significance of the small acts of service that you do. But God can touch that. It's important. God sees every action that you take. And I know some of you, you come into our church and you see the hundreds or thousands of people at our campuses, and you think, oh, that church is so big, they don't need me. That's not true. Like I said when we started, we're a volunteer-intensive organization. We need everyone. Everyone. We all have a part to play. God has brought you to Stevens Creek to be a part of this church family because he has a job for you to do. He may be calling you to be an intercessor where you stand in the gap and you pray over people. Or he may be calling you to use your technical skills. 
He may be calling you to be, uh, use the, uh, the gift of giving or the gift of leadership. God has uniquely called you to a place to hear, to serve. He knew that you had something to give back. And so I just want you to be open to opportunities this week. Open as God brings them your way. And say, God, is this the one? Now, some of you today, maybe you've walked into this auditorium at the Augusta campus, or maybe you've walked into our uh, South campus, or maybe even our Grovetown campus. Maybe you're watching from your living room. And you're saying, Marty said, I'm the one. I'm the one that desperately needs help. Because on any given Sunday, there are people that walk through these doors that their life was great the previous week, but boy, this week has been one of those um, seasons, one of those times where it seems like that everything is falling apart. And if you're that one today, we're going to pray for you as we close this service out. And maybe you're that one that walked through our doors and you're just here investigating Christianity. This God and Jesus and church thing is so new to you that it's, it's kind of foreign. And I just want to say to you, come back next week. Come back next week. But there could be some today that said, Marty, I'm ready to take my next step and I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. In a few minutes, I'm going to lead you in that prayer. And I'm going to believe that God is going to bring spiritual healing to you. But also in that prayer, I want to pray over you. Those of you that have come into this room that maybe you're suffering in your body and maybe you're suffering that there's a condition that you need healing. The Bible says if you're sick, call on the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Maybe you've come in and your world has been rocked because of a, a relational crisis or maybe a financial crisis. We're going to bring those needs to the Lord today. And we're going to trust that He is going to meet those needs. So what is it that you need God to do? With that in mind, let's stand together. Grovetown, South Campus, let's all stand together. And I want to pray over you. Father, I'm so thankful for this congregation. And I am thankful that we can sense your presence in this room. And I pray over the families uh, represented here. And I speak peace over your family. I speak peace and healing over your family. For those that are suffering in your bodies. Maybe it's an ongoing condition. Maybe it's a unique sickness. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch and you would restore from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I pray for those that are in a financial crisis. God, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. I pray for those that are in between jobs, trying to figure out their next step, trying to figure out a career move. I pray, God, that you would make it so clear that they would be able to walk through the door that you opened for them. 
And Father, today I pray for those that have never made a decision to follow Christ. And if that's you, I want to lead you in this prayer. Say, Jesus, help me. Say that. Say, Jesus, help me. Come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Say that. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you want me to be. I give you my life. I give you my past, and I trust you with my future. Fill me with your spirit. And Father, I ask that you would cover all of us. And Lord, we pray these prayers, and we pray them in faith. And together, we pray this prayer. Say this, say, Jesus, I receive. Say that, say, Jesus, I receive what you have for me. Say that again. Say, Jesus, I receive what you have for me in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Let's give him praise today. Amen. Thanks so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.